Welcome to Impact the World, the show for and about creatives, changemakers, and entrepreneurs. This is a conversation episode where a special guest shares with me what they are creating and the behind the scenes journey of their experience. Hi, welcome to today's episode of Impact the World. And my guest today is Braca Goldsmith. It was a real treat to get to speak to Braca. She has been a practicing astrologer for over 30 years. She came from the business world originally, so she brings a really interesting mix between astrology and business. But one of the things I really love about her work is over on her popular YouTube channel, she will bring her knowledge of astrology in these times and talk about what we're experiencing in current events and how you might be moving through them. She has a very generous heart. She is also an artist and in recent years has started channeling. So there was a wealth of things to speak to her about. And I also asked her to give us a sense of the astrology of 2021 and see if there was anything she could share about that. That happens near the end of the conversation, but stay tuned for the whole thing. And if you enjoy this show, you can support us by going to Apple Podcasts and rating, leaving a review, or subscribing to us over there. That helps us reach more people, so thank you. Enjoy today's show. Braca, it is so nice to be with you and to have you here on Impact the World. Thank you for saying yes. Thank you for inviting me, Lee. I feel very honored to be with you today. Well, I shared with you, and I'd like to share it with our viewers and our listeners, that the reason this conversation came about many, many years ago, back when you and I were, what, seven, eight years ago, when we were both in our earlier days on YouTube, I remember your video was suggested to me as an astrology video, and I watched it, and I was like, oh, I like this lady. I'm going to hit subscribe. So I did. And then over the years, I've seen various videos from you, and you're always... You know, I'm a, an energy person, clearly. And so for me, regardless of what you were saying, what I've always enjoyed and appreciated is the energy that you bring forth and the energy that you give out to the world um, as you've been doing your work. And I shared with you that during the very early days of COVID, I think it was probably April, maybe, or May, you and your friend Pam Gregory, another wonderful astrologer on YouTube, who I've seen over the years as well, you had this lovely conversation And I think you shared with us, you said, oh, we were just talking. And I asked Pam if I could just hit record. And so you spoke for about an hour or so about the astrology of the times and and how to look at things. And I wrote to you, I think, and I just said that was so lovely. I felt like I was just sitting there listening to a conversation between two wise, loving friends. And it did me good to just hear you guys today. So I think that's how this came about. But um, yeah, I just wanted to share that with our viewers and our listeners, because You've been out there doing this for for quite some time and things have really changed in the last decade, haven't they, from when when we started putting these kinds of videos out into the world? Oh, yes. And and I'd like to share with our viewers here that I've been following you for years, years and years. In fact, there are many times when Pam says, have you watched Lee Harris? Have you seen his energy forecast? I say, oh, no. All right. Yes. Oh, she'll send me the link. So, you know, we've we've been following you, too. Oh, and, uh, funny, isn't you know, it? Such a connected little world that we all live in. Yeah, it's amazing. So when I told her I was coming on with you, she said, oh, you are lucky. 
Oh, oh, please give her my love. We'll have to have her on the show next. That'd be great. That'd be great. She'd be delighted. Yeah. Well, I would love to... So for, for those who perhaps haven't seen your videos or aren't familiar with your work, you know, you in the last decade, even though I know you've been doing astrology for 30 something years in your life, you've been regularly putting out astrology based helpful videos for, for a decade now, it seems. And I wanted to ask you, how did it all start? When did astrology spark for you in your life and, and what happened? Thank you. I guess I'd always been interested in the mystical field from a very early age. And uh, I was introduced to an astrologer. I think I was about 17 at the time. I'd studied it a little, but not in depth. And she read this chart and she knew so much about me on an internal level. Yeah, it was like, wow, she was, she'd unzip me. And so I thought, wow, this, I have to learn more about this. And that, that started the journey, really. And uh, I went to night classes and had a wonderful Sagittarian teacher who used to come sailing in and telling jokes, cracking jokes about all the signs. So she just brought it to life for me. And I, I, I began to see that astrology is something that is a living entity. Yes, it's living, it's changing, it's evolving, it's growing all the time. And that's why it never gets boring, because you're always, always learning something new. So, yeah. yeah. And you were at that time, so I, I did a little bit of digging before, before we had this conversation. So you were working in finance, business, and also property, it looked like. Is that, is, is, was, was that the field yes. that you would, was that like your day job at the time? <laughs> yes, that was my my business at the time. I'd always yeah. done the astrology on the side. Yeah. I'd always run a class or two, a seminar or two, always done a few readings, but never really professionally, seriously. And so, yeah, it began about hmm, 20 years ago. Because there's a great video of you on your YouTube channel. Again, I was I was digging around this morning, prepping, prepping to speak to you today. And I thought, oh, I just want to go back and see some of Bracker's earliest videos. And there's a great video where you are an advisor to a kind of documentary television show about the recession that was taking place in, I'm guessing it was 2007, 2008. And you're advising about properties. And it was so brilliant to see you in that very different capacity, talking to this interviewer about how to invest wisely and how to kind of deal with the, the crash that was going on and what it was doing to the property market. It was fascinating. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I've, I've had a diverse life, shall we say. It's not been boring. <laughs> yeah. So what got you to put a video on YouTube in the very beginning? I was living in New Zealand, Lee, and I'd just changed my life. I'd come out of property and business and finance and all of that. I felt it was over for me in terms of a full-time career. I still have an interest in that area. Um, and I just thought, you know what? And I can't remember what it was. Maybe it was a full moon or a new moon or something. And I went in the back garden and <laughs> I just made a short video. <laughs> and it was awful. I remember half my head was cut off. You know, it was terribly unprofessional. And that just started it from there. That's fantastic. And how did you feel when you uploaded it to YouTube? Because I know that can be a 
a scary I, I know it was for me and I know for a lot of people it's that oh the intimidation of like putting something out there and, and how yes. how was it for you were you immediately confident or were you a little no no, no I didn't know what I was doing you know it was like I was pressing buttons and doing things I thought oh, well this people say you should go on YouTube so why not I thought, yeah. let's just give it a try. And, of course, at that point, nobody knows you. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And how is it for you now? Because you have a very large community on YouTube now. And they're tuning in every month. Like, I'm curious. I know what that relationship gives them because I, you know, see the comments. And I'm curious, what, what does it do for you? Like, how would you say that? serving an online community in that way has changed or enhanced your life? Oh gosh, it's a great question, Lee. Um, well, immensely, yeah, Im immensely. I think that mo more recently since we've had the coronavirus, I'm regularly doing these live streams, maybe two, three, four a week. And I find that with a live stream, like you and I now doing this sort of spontaneously, um, you're really connecting in with a community of people. And I think that that's what we're hungry for now as we move into this whole era of connection. Yeah. And so I think YouTube gives us a, a, just a, an amazing opportunity to be able to connect with a wonderful audience. I feel so privileged uh, to connect in with that energy. Yeah. So, yeah. It's interesting. I, I haven't used live stream on YouTube before, but I've done a lot, you know, and I still do lots of live broadcasts and everything. There is something incredible, isn't there, about the, there are two things for me. Number one, especially if I'm doing something like my energy update video, which is very much tapping into the group consciousness, that kind of feels live in an odd way, even though I'm recording it days before it gets put out. I yeah. feel very alive in that, but especially when you're live with people, you yes. can feel them. If you've ever taught people in a room or, you know, a theater or, or, or had that kind of group experience, it's amazing how I think if you're a sensitive or an intuitive, you can feel the people through the, the camera or the lens or whatever it is. It's, it's, it's really palpable. Absolutely. And, and your energy forecast, I just love your energy forecast. Yeah, it's well, like feel your energy and feel you, you really every time I watch you I feel uplifted oh yeah. that's great well I always feel like they're a conversation you know I I like someone said to me how do you know what to say and I'm like listen <laughs> I just have to say and I'm sure it's the same for you or any intuitive I think when you work intuitively you might be speaking but actually you're listening and then speaking what you're hearing which is different to having to formulate words in your mind I think Beautiful. That's beautifully put, Lee. Yeah. yeah. So I'm curious, one of the things I, you know, I've worked a lot with other people over the years on the work that they want to put out into the world. And so for most of us, that involves going from employed by another person, company, entity to self-employed. And I think one of the biggest bugbears or sticking points for people and myself included, one of the steepest learning curves is things like finance and accounting around your business. Now, I would assume for you, given you had come from a business and a finance background, you've got that down when you start to do this astrology work as a business. 
was it the case for you that because you had a grounding in that, it was easy for you to figure that piece out? Or did you, did you find, as many do, that aligning yourself and your services with money was still a bit of a kind of mm, growth edge, I would say. I know for many, for many people who start running their own business, there's this growth edge around, I'm going to put a price on what I do versus a company telling me what they'll pay me for my service. It, it can be disarming to some people, but I wonder if for you it was easier because you had that grounding around finance and business already. Um, I think it was still a learning curve, Lee, um, simply because astrology, you know, it's an out there type of thing. How could you charge? And I do remember having um, a reading with a, a very, very well-known astrologer who I admired greatly, who said to me, and I was already reasonably established, actually, but he said, don't it? don't think you're going to make a, a, a living out of astrology. He said, I don't see it. I don't see it. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, especially as a woman, I really don't think you're going to make it. And I'm like, wow. wow. It was what a like, strange, I, I don't understand that, especially as a woman. That doesn't make any sense to me. Because I think probably more of the astrologers I've known over time have been women. Yeah. So it was like, I thought, okay, mm, that's an interesting perspective. So I think as far as answering your question around the money, it's, it's always a stretch. Yes, you're stretching into doing something that you have to feel is, is really valuable. And if yeah. you feel as though you're valuable uh, and that what you've got to offer is uh, you're doing it out of a love and you're doing it because you love doing it, then... I think the combination of those two things, um, it, it enables you to have a successful business in whichever field you choose, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think also if you're offering a service that the customer or the client values, like, you know, I would, I would spend a lot of money taking myself off to self-growth workshops in my early 20s and people who I knew thought I was insane. They were like, what? You're going to Vancouver for a three-day workshop? And I'm like, yeah, but it's the only place they're offering it because it was my passion. So for me, money, investing money, as because what I was going to receive was, you know, tenfold. So I think it's a, I think it's an interesting thing. I think whenever you go into something as, let's say, fringy as our field, you'll always get the detractors and you'll always get those voices of, well, if it's spiritual, you shouldn't charge money, which is, you know, a crazy thing to say, because if you're doing something 40, 50, 60, 70 hours a week, unless you're a billionaire who doesn't need to earn money, how, where's the energy exchange for you to, to live on the planet? So there's always that small percentage. Um, but I, I think the value is, is in, the, is in the, the eye of the receiver and the beholder. And honestly, I don't know about you. One of the things I love about the internet, which wasn't really there when I was at the very beginning of my spiritual journey, you can get so much for free and we can give so much for free. You know, we can put all this stuff out, free videos, free content for people. I love that, 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 that model exists now because back in the day, I used to have to buy the book, go to the workshop, attend the class. I think it's, I think it's great what, what that has done to learning in the world, in our field and in so many fields. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We're very privileged, aren't we? Yeah. 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 So one of the things I wanted to ask you about that I thought was fascinating over the years in your journey 
is you began with the astrology videos and that was what I remember first seeing you for. And then there was this very interesting moment when all of a sudden I remember seeing on YouTube Pleiadian message from Bracker Goldsmith. And you may have even been Barbara back then. I'm not sure. And we'll talk about your name change in a minute. But that was fantastic. I was like, oh, this is interesting. So ha- tell us about that. When did, when did the channeling kind of come in as a, as a new thing for you? It's exactly five years ago now, actually. I can't believe it. It's like, wow. And um, yeah, I was at a very, very low point in my life. A very significant relationship had ended wow, I couldn't, I couldn't have guessed that that was coming. I couldn't have seen it. So I was totally blindsided. Um, and just a lot of things were happening where I was pretty, pretty desperate. And sometimes it's not until you get to that dark night of the soul, which is where I was at the time, um, that you, you cry out for something else. There has to be something more. There has to be something else. And, yeah, it was feeling alone, isolated, um, nowhere to turn. I mean, everything fell apart, except for the only thing, thank goodness that I was able to continue, were the videos and the astrology. I, I pushed myself to continue to honor that commitment that I felt I had with the people who were so kindly continuing to watch and follow the videos. So that I kept going, but everything, everything else fell apart. Right. And um, somehow I came across Summer Bacon. I know I've mentioned her a few times. I don't know if you were even thinking of interviewing her, but she's amazing, a wonderful, okay. I'm not clear, pure her. channel. Okay, I'll um, check her out. Yeah, she's been channeling Dr. Peebles for mm, many, many years. She's just taken a little break at the moment to just deal with the exhaustion of it for doing it for such a long time. Yeah. And, um, I had a reading that I had to wait four months for. I couldn't believe it. it was like four months for this reading. But it was worth it because everything this channel Dr. Peebles came through with was like, wow, this sort of hit me. And at the end, I just said, do you know, do you think I could try channeling? And he said, well, why not? You know, it wasn't anything serious. And so I just had one coaching session with uh, Summer Bacon, one trance coaching session. And she said, don't expect anything. Nothing's going to happen. Just, you know, it was like, and I, th- I, I thought, okay, I have nothing to lose. I never knew about channeling until that point, particularly. And I sat down in the morning. I said, 10 o'clock, I was going to be there. And um, I called in these spirits of love, light, inspiration, truth, just these energies. And all of a sudden, I could feel something taking over my breath. It was like something happened. And I thought, okay, she said that might happen. She said, <laughs> the back of my mind, okay. So I surrendered. I said, go on, take it. (laughs) Do what you need to do. I felt mentally. And somehow something moving my neck. It was just suddenly everything began to move that was not in my control. Yeah. And I think you're much more familiar with that Mm -hmm. than I would have been at the time. Yeah, I think you came into this journey a lot earlier. 
<laughs> and within a matter of a couple of days, because my throat, they were trying to come through the throat, they couldn't get through. What I was trying to couldn't. So it was very uncomfortable for two to three days. It was like, and I knew something important was happening. And I thought, you'll just have to sit with it. You'll have to stick with it and sit with it. Because summer was unavailable. Because I immediately shouted out, summer, help! Yeah, <laughs> of course. It was great. She said, this is your journey. Just stay with it. I am not to interfere in your journey. And I thought, how honourable she was. She would have stopped. It would, that would have stopped the process. I'm sure it would have. Because mm. I had to keep digging deeper and allow. And... Uh, then this this sound came through like we are the 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 Palladians. It was like hello Barbara, because that was my name at the time, and I was like, they know my name. And then that was the start of it. Fantastic. Sorry, that was a bit long winded, but no, it was great. It was great. There's so many things that you said that I I resonate with. Um, really. And yeah, from experience too, and. Um, it's interesting because you also, was that the same time that you started doing the channel paintings? Yes. Did it all happened. Everything yeah. opened. Yeah, the paintings came very soon, within a couple of weeks. Yeah. It was like, whoa. Uh, everything also, opened. that was when the paintings started appearing in your videos behind you, as we see right now. Yeah, that's the Pleiadians. I've never painted in my life. Yeah. So that's brilliant. I love it. But you see a couple things that you you just said that that are so true to me. One of the things that I often share with the people who will come to live events when I'm about to channel, because I usually channel at my events at some at some point. And um, I'll say, you know, channeling energy for me is something that initiates you. So it might be that the information of the channeled, the channeled being or entity or entities is exactly what you needed. And you'll take that information and it will do something for your life. And you'll be like, oh, great. I said, but more often than not, and if you're in this room to listen to the channeling, or if you're listening to channeling online, you're exposing yourself to something that you will remember if you want to. You know, it's osmosis. So we all learn through feeling and being around someone who's demonstrating something and, and we all have the capacity to channel whether it's channeling our higher self whether it's channeling guides whether it's channeling our soul whether it's channeling the pleiadians or beings from other places we're all different so some of us will go more to the stars some of us will be channeling angels but channeling itself is really just a new range of listening and a new range of sensing and, and like you said letting go of the control of our human mind and human personality for a moment and letting something else come through us. So I, I love that that happened for you. And I'm not, I'm not too surprised that happened for you. I actually was taken to a channel and not long before I started channeling and I was very skeptical. I was like, mm, I don't know why he needed to put that funny voice on and close his eyes. Good information. But why did he need to like pretend it was channeling? And then lo and behold, egg on my face about a year later, so, because um, now I get it, and I'm like, yeah, I, yeah. So, that's great. So the channeled paintings, you're very prolific with those, from from what it looks like to me, given how. Yeah. So walk us through what happens when you when you channel paint, because that's another thing I always say to people: just pick up a paintbrush, and you'll be surprised. People say, oh, I've never done it. I'm 65, and I'm like, well, now's the time. Just start. You know. 
That's it. And uh, that's what I say to clients, you know, just just have a go. I mean, that's all that happens. I mean, I have various canvases and I'll ask them, which size do you want? So we start off, you know, which one do you want? And they'll point, fine. And then I'll say, which paints do you want? Colours do you want? Sometimes I'll have an agenda. I'll say, look, I need a painting for the new moon in Libra. Right. All right, guys. So what are you going to do? And then they'll pick out the paints. They're very distinct. It's very deliberate. And then I'll say, do you want paint brushes? Do you want sponges? Do you want fingers? What do you want today? And then they're very distinct. They'll say brushes, brushes, brushes. Fine. And off you go. And sometimes they want me to pour it directly on to the canvas. Sometimes it's on a little palette. And you're just having an interaction, if you like, with spirit, asking them. And you, it's just, you just listen and somehow you know when it's finished because they'll pull your hand off. It's like, all right, finish now, stop. And I'll say, any other colours? And they'll, sometimes they'll be yes. And sometimes, no, no, that's it. And I say, you sure? And Because I, I look at the painting and go, really, that's it? Yep, that's it. And then somebody will buy it. It'll be like, somebody really liked that painting. Yeah, so it's like, you know, so. It's that's a, great. Yeah. And did you, have you had experiences like what is, well, I'll ask you this question instead. What is the experience for you like in your body and your aura after you have either channeled or done a channeled painting? What's the difference for you? What do you notice? Well, with the painting, the entire experience is very joyful, yeah? It's like something happens. It's like, oh, goody, goody. Yes, we're getting the paints out. So it's a very joyful experience. And then that joy remains after the painting. Uh, with the channeling, it really depends if I'm channeling for somebody, maybe what they're going through and maybe what has to come through is maybe a bit difficult to access, so sometimes I'm exhausted afterwards. It's like, oh, I'm knackered. Yeah. And sometimes I'm very uplifted. So if I'm doing uh, channeling without the interaction and I'm just doing it online or something, then it's very uplifting. But if it's somebody deeply experiencing something, then it can be a bit different. Do, do you experience that too, Lee? Or I do. Like, I, I, Or I'll even notice, and, and this can happen with energy updates, a little less these days but I would I could be in a very good place in myself um, that day and I would do an energy update and my energy would change because tapping into all it so that's I think that's the one thing you have to you have to know about doing this work for others you because you have to surrender to what's there you know it's like if you're working I work with private clients for 14 years I stopped doing privates about a year and a half two years ago and you never know what you're going to get, you know, and you have to be in service to what's there. So some sessions can be uplifting and joyous. And some sessions, if a person is really deeply working with grief and needs to really go around the grief in many different ways in order to start to move it, you know, you, you, feel, you feel different after that session than you do after a session where someone has a euphoric release or gets to a new level. Yes, yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you changed your name. What year was it that you that you moved your name to Braca? Almost a year ago, just one year. 
gosh, is yes. it only a year? It feels longer. Because I, 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 like re I remember that happened. I'm like, God, that I thought you were going to say like two or three years ago. Yeah. Although who knows what time's doing anymore? Exactly. Linear time anyway. Everything is weird, <laughs> isn't it, Lee? <laughs> so what happened? What, what was the process, the journey around that? Because I know a lot of people who've changed their name. So I'm sure people yes. are curious to hear about it. Yeah, I mean, I'd never liked the name Barbara. I'd always tried to, you know, in French, it sounds a little sexier, Barbara. In Italian, yeah. Barbara, you know, in Greek, Varvara. But still, the meaning of Barbara for me, and I, I know there are people who call Barbara who love their name, so no offence to those people. Yeah. Um, it means stranger. It comes from the word barbarian. <laughs> Oh. And so I was never comfortable with it. And I also never felt like a Barbara because my mother, in fact, wanted to call me Bianca, which would have been after my grandmother. But it was not a name you'd have called somebody in England at the time. Right. OK. So um, I was getting into my ancestry and my roots and my Jewish uh, roots, which I'd always um, uh, I'd always steered clear of. Yes, I was always, a, shall we say, a secular Jew, but always hidden it. Why, mm. why was that, do you think? Uh, because I felt very um, insecure being a Jew. I almost feel like coming out now feels like coming out and saying I'm gay, mm. saying I'm Jewish. It feels that much of a big deal. I mean, now I'm, I'm okay with it, yeah, but... I had a mother who came out of the Nazi Austria. So there was a lot of stuff around that. So I was, I was very afraid to adopt and embrace the deeper aspects of Judaism. You know, the Kabbalah and all the mystical things that are fabulous, yeah, which yeah. I'm diving into now with a lot of excitement. Um, and so I had a rabbi I went to for some spiritual I, I just admired Rabbi Jacobson he wrote a, a book called Towards a Meaningful Life it sold many many copies and I thought wow this this guy's really tuned in I'd like a session with him and lo and behold he did sessions and I mentioned that you know I'm thinking of changing my name oh he said yeah it's a very powerful thing you can do it'll change your destiny mm. I said well do you think you could help me with that he said sure so I said, well, what name should I choose? He said, well, I've got to do some research. He said, I've got to get in touch with the, the Rebbe and this one and that one, you know. So it took weeks and I was waiting. I thought, don't I have a name? And finally he came back with the name Bracha, meaning blessing. And I thought, I'll take that. Thank you. That's nice. That's perfect. Because so many people, you are a blessing to them in, in their life. So that's, that's brilliant. <laughs> Yeah. So that's how it happened. And now when somebody calls me Barbara, I'm almost like, because you did tonight, you know, you did earlier. Because, because your I'm name came up on Zoom as Barbara Goldsmith and I'm very visual. Yeah. <laughs> so even though I know you as Bracken now, I was talking to you and there's Barbara Goldsmith written on the screen. But hey, we changed it today on yeah. Zoom. So that's a good thing. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> great. So, yeah. I, I wanted to ask you, you are somebody who is regularly giving astrological reports to the community on YouTube and beyond. And you do, you still do private consultations, don't you? I know that. I do. I still busy. do a few. I have to say, um, 
I'm probably going to have to start doing less of them as time. You know, it's yeah. Just questions of time. You know, what prompted you to give up your private uh, consultation? It was hard because I loved doing them. And I thought about it for about two years, but I got, there were too many other things going on. Like I literally, yeah, there were too many other things going on. And I, I started to, I started to recognize the economy of energy. I loved the intimacy of a one-on-one. I love, cause it was always deep and personal. You know, I did it for so long. I couldn't imagine not doing it. But what I also recognized was I could take the same amount of energy and affect more people and I was curious about trying that. So I I made a promise to myself, which was you're going to stop and you can always go back. You know, my joke is always, if everything else falls apart, I'll hit the street corner and do little readings for people. You know, that's kind of, I can always go back to the very origin of how it all started, but something had to give. And um, so I decided to stop doing that to kind of conserve my energy for everything else that, that the work had grown into. Yes, yes. Oh, that's great. I think you're very courageous. There's a part of me that's a little nervous of doing that. So thank you for inspiring me to. Well, I sat with it for two years. And before I did that, I really reduced it. So I didn't, you know, I didn't just completely, you know, I I think I went down to two a week at the end. And I would just do them on a Wednesday afternoon. So I weaned myself off (laughs) as much as I weaned everyone else off. You know, I think I needed to get used to it. So step by step, I just kept reducing how many I would do. And then by the time I was ready to let go, it was, it was easy. Yeah. Very good. No, I've been doing the same. I used to do 40 a week, 40, maybe 50 a week. Oh yes. Full on. Oh yes. Now I do about mm, three, six, seven, eight, probably about eight or 10 a week. Okay. 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 (laughs) So we'll see, we'll see how you do when you get down to three or four, you know, gradually, gradually. That's great. But like you, I love them, but I'm realizing it's just a question of energy and time. And yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. I was going to ask you regarding the fact that you provide this service for everyone else. How often do you look at your own astrology, especially as you have this ability to do it for yourself? Or are you a bit like me and you still, I mean, I, I can channel for myself. I can be intuitive for myself. I still love going for a session with an intuitive or I have friends who are intuitives. And so we occasionally, I love that receiving from someone else too. But I was curious for you, given you can look at your astrology how, and you can interpret it. How often are you doing that? Not so often, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I, have a, I have lots of friends, astro- you know, Pam, and I have another go- wonderful friend, Ralphie, uh, another great astrologer. And uh, yeah, we, we look at each other's charts. So that's yeah. nice, as you say, nice to have a, another perspective. Um, but really not very often. Yeah, not. And what about you? Do you look at your chart very often? Do you know, I don't. I have a, a good friend of mine, Sandy Sedgbeer. She She follows astrology a lot. And she she told me many years ago, she said, I just watched your energy update and it's so in line with the astrology. And I was always happy to hear that because I didn't follow. I mean, I deliberately don't look at anything before I do an energy update anyway. And I really love and appreciate astrology, but I'm not a monthly follower. You know, I'm not necessarily watching my astrological monthly video. I'm a bit more casual than that, but I really appreciate it. So no, I don't channel for myself as much anymore at all. But I also feel like I got my engine running. You know, I think when you're activated with your intuition and you've got it in your life in a way that's far more grounded than perhaps for me, it was 15, 20 years ago. 
I don't have to look under the hood as often because I'm kind of living from that perspective more than I ever was. But um, yeah. but I will channel for myself if I need to, if it's an emergency or if I need some kind of insight, <laughs> you know. And and for me, I I can talk to them all the time, but it's the power of writing it down that is the game changer. Because when you actually sit and write something down for yourself, channel for yourself, you you get to be a reader of it too. And you get to take it in at a human level, which is very different to having a multidimensional conversation because you can forget that very quickly. So, yes. Yes, that's very, very perceptive. Yeah, I like that. Thank yeah, I like that over the years. It just has a different, galvanizes in the body in a different way. So when you channel for yourself, you write it down. Yeah, that's, that's actually what I advise for people to do. I speak to them a lot or they will probably about three or four times a year, they speak to me. It doesn't happen very often, but when they do come in with something, I'm like, oh, this is, this is interesting. This is different. Um, because I'm, I think I'm in relationship with them so much for my work anyway. You know, I'm, I'm putting my attention there a lot. So yes. I think if that, you know, I, I shared this with some people who I thought should be doing readings for a living. I said, I used to get stalked by intuitive information for other people until I started doing it for a living. And when I started doing it for a living, that stopped. But until then, I would be having coffee with you and you'd be talking to me about something and it would be like, tell Bracker, blah, 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 blah. And so I would. And, and you know, so I, I kind of, this was my job before it was my job all over my life for quite a few years. And I quite liked that it got more organized when I committed to using that ability as part of my work in the world, all of a sudden I got my free time back and I could sit with you at coffee and not be reading your mail basically. Cause I wasn't choosing to do that, but it would just happen. So, um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. How right. about for you? Cause I know you're very intuitive and you now have the channel going. Does that, does that happen for you a lot when you're in just everyday life with people? Yeah, well, it's interesting you should say that. That happened for me at the beginning. The first couple of years, there was no stopping it, right? Everybody, all my friends, everybody, it was like, okay, she's off. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't stop them. Now they ask me, they say, right, will you channel for me? We need some help with this and that and the other. And of course, yeah, you know, fine. But it's a choice now rather than it just coming uh, through, if you know what I mean. That's yeah, it's there completely. all the time. Yeah, it was yeah. exactly the same for me. And I've seen that for so many people. So I think yeah. if you're watching or listening and you're being stalked by psychic information, unless you want to continue being the town intuitive crier, as we would have said in England, um, you know, it might be worth trying to give, give some readings and some sessions. And actually, for anyone who is tuning in, I don't know about you, Bracker, but one of the things I always advise, because this is how I began, is before you even consider doing it, as a job or for money or um, ask a few friends, uh, you know, offer, offer a few friends. No, I'm thinking of trying this out as a thing. So tell a few friends that you're up, you're looking for some guinea pigs. And if they have any friends who are interested in coming to you, and then that keeps it, you can have a very kind of aligned apprenticeship with no pressure around money or promising people that you're going to be you know, at the top of your game straight off, you're just being honest about, I'm trying this out. And if you'd like to try it with me, it's always a great way to start. And I know more and more people who are beginning to go that way. Oh, yes. And more and more people are opening up to 
their channeling abilities because as you said at the beginning everybody can channel yeah absolutely everybody doesn't matter who you are what your background is you can channel so true so so Bracca, i wanted you to i asked you this before and you said yes which is fantastic 2020 has been quite the year and we're recording this in 2020 but i know that this show will come out either december of 2020 or january of 2021 so i wanted you to give us any cliff notes that you might have on the astrology of 2021 um and if you if you feel to comment on 2020 go ahead but um i was curious about what what the year ahead is bringing for us astrologically thank you lee well, um, it's still, I feel, going to be a, a year of deep transformation on the global and personal level. I don't think we're anywhere near through it. I think we're at the beginning of it. And the astrology, I guess, the main aspect that is continual for next year, February to July, it's very strong. And again, at the end of the year, but still is this square, I'm sure you're aware of it, between um, Uranus in Taurus and Saturn in Aquarius. Mm. So that square is like, it's the backdrop of the year. These are the two planets that are not exactly bedfellows, right? And it's like, how do, how do you deal with these entirely different perspectives? It's like being with somebody you don't like. And how can you find a way to like this person if you really feel, oh, yeah, you get that energy. This happens, doesn't it? I mean, I have to say it doesn't happen to me very often, but there are times when it's like, oh, you get that feeling. So Uranus in Taurus um, has been about this shifting of our values, Taurus, our values, and Uranus, shaking them up. What's really important? What really matters? And I certainly think this 2020 has awakened that within more and more people. And that's what I'm asking people to do at the beginning of the year, or maybe now even thinking about it. What are your three top values now? What really matters to you if you had to articulate it? And so this is, and of course, it's going to affect the financial system. I think we're going to have a lot of turbulence in the financial system. And then we've got this square to Saturn in Aquarius going on. And that's going to be to do with authorities restricting our freedoms Hmm. and the fight between personal freedoms and fighting for certain freedoms that are important. And what are the things, where are the rules and regulations actually needed that are going to be for our benefit? I think Saturn and Aquarius could see an attempt at wanting to restrict our freedoms on the internet. And so I think we're just dealing with this energy of constriction and expansion Mm. and the extremes of that. How extreme are we going to go in terms of I must be free. I'm not taking your vaccines. You can stick them up. Yeah, all that stuff. 
And how free can you be inside of yourself? Where are you setting your own limitations? Where are you uh, defining yourself in too small a way? So I think it's going to be this whole flavor of the year is this square. And the great thing about a square is it moves you to do something because it's so damned uncomfortable. Mm. Trines are all lovely and nice and marvelous, but you're not necessarily going to do anything about it. But with the square, there will be actions to take. There will be things that will need to be done. Communities that want to be birthed out of this need to be free and to find tribes and soul members and brothers and sisters. And I think it's going to come out of this frustration with the existing system and saying, right, what can we do? That's just a flavor of it that I see. Would you agree? Would you? No, it's lovely to hear you say all of that because one of the things, you know, one of the messages that my guides have given over and over again in the last, well, they started talking about this in about 2015, 2016, but especially now we're in it. They've talked about 2020 to 2024 as very tumultuous years on the planet. And they talked about the energy of fight. And of course, they were saying this before COVID. So as soon as COVID hit and all the stuff around COVID and what it's done to the planet, and in a way for me, I, I feel like this is the, the, the change moment that many people were hoping would happen after 2012. Not necessarily COVID, but I think everyone was expecting some dramatic thing to happen in 2012. And this is the, this is the first big dramatic year that we as a whole world have seen in all of these years that we've been talking about the transformation of consciousness on the planet. So no, the fight fits. And I think one of the things that I'm always aware of is it's a fine line between sticking your head in the sand and thinking everything's going to be okay. But equally, just because there are restrictions that you're seeing, assuming that that means all of those things are going to play out and everybody's doomed. Because the one thing the Zs talk about is they say that the level of consciousness on the planet, um, it's not allowing the darker or the lower agendas to hold anymore. They'll give it a good go, but the fight aspect is kind of the one thing that they keep reminding of. And it's interesting to hear you say that this square mobilizes us to take action, not just to sit down and take it or be suppressed by it, but to take actions towards what we want to create versus what's perhaps being wrapped around us right now or attempted to be wrapped around us. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Lee. It's uncomfortable, isn't it? I mean, it's not, you know, (laughs) that's not as nice as, oh, everyone's going to have a lovely few years and everybody's, you know, it's, it's, it's not comfortable, but it's, um, but it's very much a time to be awake and to, as you said, to define what your own personal value system is, which I think is often unchecked because so many of us were brainwashed into a way of being that we accepted and that we went along with. And then I think when you wake up, you suddenly look around and go, hang on a second. I don't know if I agree with this. And I I don't know why I went along with that for so long. And I think that's the only way that we become awake activists on the planet, whether or not you are an activist who's in a march or a rally, or whether or not you're an activist because you've decided to walk into a room that's fraught 
and to try to actively bring kindness and compassion to that room, which is another powerful way of being an activist. We're all a bit different. You know, some of us do it in seemingly smaller, more introvert ways, and some of us do it seemingly in bigger, more extrovert ways, but we're all needed. All Everyone is needed on that scale. Beautiful, yeah. yeah, yes. And um, the other part of next year, of course, the eclipses largely are going to be in Sagittarius Gemini. We've got the nodes in this energy. So the south node in Sagittarius, which is, I feel we've got to embrace our diversity on mm. the planet, really embrace the fact that we're all different and we've got a different flavor and a different sound and a different tone. And that every single person watching, tuning in, listening, you've got something that is invaluable to the symphony that we're creating here. Yeah. So keep that in mind. Yeah. You are needed. Sometimes you've got to scuttle around and find out where am I needed? Where is it? You know, and sniff around and find out. But keep looking. If you're not sure, just, just keep going in the direction of what you're enjoying, what you're reading, what you're drawn to, what you're magnetized to at the moment, and you'll, you'll find your way. That's Beautifully said. Beautifully awesome. said. Mm-hmm. Will you be doing a, a, a 2021 astrology video probably i'm guessing near the, yes, near the, yes yes i'm planning that and i'm also planning a 2025 uh seminar because that's the crucial change over year 24 5 astrologically it's like ah. another energy shift it's huge in the astrology again it's like 2020 was a big year when i looked at it five years before and now in 2020 2025 is, is a big turning point. Four, five, as Pluto gets out of Capricorn, goes into Aquarius, and we get this lineup in the fire and air signs, Neptune going into Aries, and it's a very cha- a big change. I think, uh, yeah, we've got to work on our Earth at the moment, on our home at the moment, on our food, on our sustenance, on our finances, on how we exchange and trade how we put that structure into place in grounding ourselves on this planet, respecting and loving the planet is going to have everything to do with how we move into that 2025 total shift of gear. Mm. So yeah, that's how I see it anyway. Would you, would you agree? Do you? Well, I love hearing you say that because again, disease, my guides, they're always talking about 2020 to 2024 and that, the next kind of destination they talk about is the end of the decade. So they say this is a, a, yes. a, a kind of astronomical change year, a change decade. And they say 2020 to 2024 is the kind of rough, rough, yes. rough, rougher yes. period of the decade. Rough. And then we start to walk towards transformation from 2025 onwards. So that's, yes. that's brilliant to hear that. That's great. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for giving us that little insight into 2021. Thank you for being here today. It's been such a pleasure getting to talk to you. And thank you for what you do on the planet because you are a bright light. And, you know, we we need as many of those right now showing up in whatever ways. So I know not everybody shows up on a YouTube channel, but I'm really grateful 
that that's that's been part of your destiny and that you've been out there for those of us who've tuned in so thank you for being here Bracca. thank you it's been an honor being with you and a pleasure today lee thank you thank Fantastic. you for everything thank, thank you. you so i highly recommend checking Bracca out on her youtube channel you can search for her Bracca goldsmith and you can visit her website which is yourastrologysigns.com and as usual we'll put all of the links to Bracker and her work in the show notes that accompany the show so thanks for tuning in we hope you enjoyed and see you next time Rebirth has been an annual transformation program that I and my team offer every January for the last four years this year, Rebirth 2021 will be quite different to prior years because 2020 was very different to prior years in general as a whole for all of us. So a couple of things came to me for Rebirth 2021. I wanted to deliver all of the modules live. Prior years, we have done a lot of pre-recorded material, but this year, everything will be delivered live and then there will be full replays available within 24 hours of the live broadcast. My guides, the Zs, are going to be a huge part of this year's rebirth. We held transmissions in August and it was an incredible experience and it was allowing my guides to bring through the next level of information. And one of the themes that they have talked about for 2021 and beyond is us becoming more creators of our lives. They're talking about how we create our lives every day through our energy and also how we can take different actions to animate our sense of purpose, our sense of connection to life, but also the life and the world that we're creating right now and how important that is in the years to come. So Rebirth 2021 will have that focus as its main theme next level creation and then across each broadcast we're going to look at creating from a metaphysical and a grounded standpoint stephen washington will again be bringing his work to rebirth so there will be a module called activating your creative body and as soon as you sign up you will receive the channeled audio mp3 and sound healing which is called creating through chaos and being here for love we can't wait to get started with you. The program begins on January 19th and you will have lifetime access to the material once we have finished on January 29th. So if you're looking for a rebirth or to up-level your way of creating in your life, we would love to have you join us for Rebirth 2021. You can visit rebirth2021.com or my website leeharrisenergy.com for all the details.